Welcome back to Four and Toe Podcast, where parents can find encouragement on their journeys through homeschooling. I'm your host, Elizabeth. This is episode 40. Have you ever experienced a panic attack? Have you ever wondered if you were going to be outed as an imposter? Have you ever wondered if life isn't worth living? Have you ever thought God was just an asshole? Ever wondered if your faith has completely fucked up your life? Have you ever looked at yourself in the mirror and saw something completely different than what everybody else sees? Introducing Mental Podcast with co-hosts Michelle Collins and Seth Showalter. We're not afraid to ask the hard questions. Check us out on your favorite podcast platform. going to share with you an interview that I did with a wonderful lady named Jessica Waldock. She's the creator of the Waldock Way, a collection of unit studies that she has designed for her daughter and now makes them available for other families. I'm so excited about this interview and we're just going to jump right in. All right, I'm going to do a tiny intro and then I'm just going to start talking because I have questions and just want to get to know you too. And yeah, speaking of okay. webcams, I've got, you're in my closet. So there's a shelf above you. <laughs> so yeah, this is, this is me. <laughs> That's your professional podcast studio I'm so, closet. It is. It is so professional. <laughs> so professional. Hey, as homeschool moms, we will take whatever tiny bit of space we can get, right? Yep. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, hey, everybody, welcome back to Four and Toe Podcast. I am joined today by Jessica Waldock, who is the creator of the Waldock Method. She has some amazing unit studies that I have been promoting, even though I have yet to actually buy one. I, my bad. But I. <laughs> every time she posts on Instagram, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I love it. Um, so anyway, Jessica, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. You are a homeschool mom. So tell us how many kids are you homeschooling and how many years have you been homeschooling? I am a homeschool mom of an only. You can go ahead and gasp here because everybody does. (laughs) Um, She will be going into third grade and we have been homeschooling since the beginning. So depending on where you start that, we're either going into our, you know, somewhere between our fifth and sixth year this year. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that is the tricky part, isn't it? When you've been doing it from the beginning, like how many years have you been doing it? I don't know. Since they were born. (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, since they were born. (laughs) Were you a homeschool kid yourself or what made you guys decide to homeschool? Uh, I was not. I was public school all the way through as so was my husband. Um, Actually, if I am going to be 100% honest, what made me homeschool was the fact that she is my rainbow baby. Um, It was a difficult pregnancy and I was the mama that just didn't want to let go. Like four years old rolled around and it was time for preschool and I just, I couldn't bear the idea of being separated from her because I had stayed home with her up till that point. Mm-hmm. And I said, it's just ABCs and one through, you know, one, two, threes, right. babe. Can't, can't I just teach her at home? And he's like, yeah, we can do that for preschool. And it went so well that when kindergarten <laughs> rolled around, it was like, well, I mean, she already knows what they're going to teach her in kindergarten. Can't we just keep her home? <laughs> and then by the time first grade rolled around the lifestyle and kind of everything that went with it, we had just fallen so madly in love with it that it's what we continue to do and hopefully what we'll do all the way through. I love it. I love it. Like I said earlier, I I found you on Instagram because of what you've created. Bearing that in mind, um, what is your approach to homeschooling then? 
do you have you just literally created everything you've done or did you have stuff that you used for a while and then you're like, ah, I can do better. How did that happen? Well, I had, I mean, we did the traditional style at first because when you, I I always say that homeschool is a rite of passage. You have to get there unless you know going in, which we didn't, that this was, you know, the path we were going to be on. The only example we had of education was public school. That's what my husband did. That's what I did. That's all we knew. So preschool and kindergarten looked very traditional in our homeschool. And I slightly regret that, but it's all I knew and it's what led me to where I am now. So, you know, we're going to, we're going to thank, be thankful for the journey. Yeah. Um, honestly though, it was Emily, which is my daughter. She came to me about halfway through probably kindergarten and we loved the, um, Jack and Annie magic Treehouse books. And this sassy little five-year-old with her hands on her hips was like, wouldn't it be fun if we could do Jack and Annie school? And I thought, huh, maybe. Cause I mean, we had read the books and there was a ton to learn within these books. Yeah. And I had already kind of been doing unit studies without realizing it. It seemed like my brain works around themes. I mean, I'm literally the mom who themes birthday gifts for other kids and Christmas gifts. I love it. (laughs) It's just, it's just the way my brain works. I'm like, oh, your child likes unicorn. Let me give them an entire unicorn themed gift. <laughs> I love it. So yeah, it's, I don't know. It's just the way it works. So I thought, okay, I can do this. I took each book and kind of turned it into its own like little mini unit study at the time, not even knowing that that was really a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did it and we enjoyed it. And I posted about it on Instagram this was before I was even like officially the Waldock way. I was just Jessica Waldock, homeschool mom, you know, schooling her little kiddo and people loved it. They wanted to know where they could get it. They, you know, and I thought, oh man, okay. So a little bit of cleaning up and making it a little more professional. Um, and it started on teachers pay teachers because I didn't yeah. know that this is where we were going to end up. But everything that I have created up to this point has been inspired um, either by Emily or by, you know, other kids that are like, oh, I would really like to do this or I'd really like to do that. Um, And I just kind of roll with it. And honestly, our homeschool, I always describe it as very relaxed. We're a little bit of everything. We lean heavily towards unit studies. We lean a little bit towards Charlotte Mason because we love living books. Um, And then we probably lean a little towards unschool because we love the life experience that, you know, learning and homeschooling and field trips and being able to watch a documentary with dinner, you know, affords us. Yeah. That's awesome. I love it. Oh my gosh. Why have we not been friends before? (laughs) I, I love that, that you were just, you went for it. You grabbed hold of it, whether you knew what you were doing or not. And just like, yes, unit studies, whether you knew what that was even too. Um, I can identify with that a little bit with the whole, um, the idea of creating your own unit study because I do that myself. I'm a bibliophile. Like you should see my house. I <laughs> books everywhere. I'm in my closet right now and there's a book sitting in front of me. Um and so and actually one, two, three, four, five boxes next to me over here, which are books. Um so uh, the idea of what is your child interested in and then grabbing a hold of it and creating a learning experience for them is beautiful. It's beautiful. Well, 
when me and my husband sat down, we talked about a lot of things, right? Because for us, it was like, what is our end goal? What do we want her to know? Where do we want her to go? And then we started talking about like our experience in public school. And it's like, okay, well, wait a minute. What do you remember? Like mm. what? And for him, it was history because he was interested in history. I don't remember any of it because history was boring. But like the science part of it or math, because I like that, I remembered it. And it was like, oh, wait, we only remember what we, what we were interested in, the things that were appealing to us. So if that's the case and we're the teachers and we can tailor it to her and her interest, why would we not do that? Why would we not basically give her a tailored, personalized, fun, hands-on, interactive education that she is more than likely going to remember 90% of instead of you know, maybe the 30% we actually remembered. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love it. I love it. So I want to talk a little bit about um, some of your specific unit studies and specifically the Harry Potter one, because right now, um, <laughs> okay, here's the deal. Here's what happened. <laughs> For anybody who doesn't know, um, I am on several other podcasts, including my husband's podcast, the Fade to Gray podcast. And on Fade to Gray, we take polarizing topics and we discuss them. And we may not agree on whatever the topic is. And we discuss and try and have a uh, respectful conversation over said topic. And it started with religious topics because there's some of us that have been going through this uh, deconstruction of sorts that we grew up Christian and now we are just questioning everything. Um, all, all four of us on the show have gone through that. And some of us have ended up with, well, let's be spiritual, but maybe not Christian. Some of us have ended up, no, we're Christians. And some of us have ended up, no, we're atheists. And so it's been really interesting taking that worldview then and applying it to things like children's literature. For example, Harry Potter. So if you grew up in a Christian home, uh, Harry Potter was something that you were told not to read because it's about a witch and a wizard. And heaven forbid we read books about that. Um, and so through my deconstruction, I was realizing this year, uh, as I was talking to our fellow atheist friend, Chris, I was like, I have not read Harry Potter. And he's like, how can you not have read Harry Potter? You are 37 years old and you have not read those books. How in the world? And as we were having this conversation, you posted your unit study about Harry Potter. And I was like, oh, my gosh, look at this, Chris. And I kid you not, days later, I'm having the exact same conversation with somebody else who was saying, oh, we just started reading the Harry Potter books. I would love to do a unit study with this. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I just saw this. <laughs> and I don't know how many people I've tagged on your post there, but I keep coming back to it because it it. I love it. Tell me about that curriculum because I've read your description. I've, I am, yes, must have. <laughs> so that was another one. Emily, I believe it was last summer. She was like, mom, I want to spend a year at Hogwarts. And I thought, well, that would be, I mean, wouldn't we all, right? right? And um, I started thinking about it and I thought, you know, I, I can, you know, kind of make this happen. But I needed it to be written in a way because I have a sensitive at the time, seven-year-old, she's eight now, but I had a sensitive seven-year-old. So I needed it to be designed in a way that you could read all seven of the books mm -hmm. or you could stop at let's say book three or four when it starts getting a little dark. Yeah. So essentially everything is there for you to be able to read all seven books and watch all seven movies and do like book and movie comparisons, but the books aren't tied in to the rest of the year at Hogwarts. Okay. They're independent. 
So you can stop wherever if you just want to do, you know, one a year or a few a year, you need to stop wherever you want, you can. But then there are six, six week unit studies within it. Um, some people have decided to basically deconstruct and do like one of each of those units a day. Um, but either way, it's 36 weeks and you have alchemy, which is rocks and mineral. You have astronomy. You have uh, potions, which is just this fun hands-on science kit that you're a book type thing that you're doing that's magic, but it's just, you know, chemistry. Nice. Um, you have herbology. So you're learning all about, you know, different herbs and how they can help and the natural healing, you know, properties of them. Um, let's see. What are I'm like literally drawing a blank here. Um, Muggle studies, sorry, Muggle studies, which is your history. And it takes you through the um, ancient Egypt, ancient Rome, medieval and Viking time periods. Wow. So you're learning, you know, the Muggle history there. And then you have magical creatures, which is just a fun way to kind of get a little bit of zoology in, but you're learning it through unicorns and dragons, but okay. still with some of those same, you know, characteristics of what zoology would look like, sure. you know, diet, habitat, physical characteristics, you know, all those things. Um, and then there's also the fun things that we would incorporate into any unit study, which is defense against the dark arts is what I call it, which is your game schooling, right? Dueling against That's each awesome. other. Um, there is music and art. Mostly it's free and you can just like click and watch a video. And I've done all of the work for you. So I've compiled all of the things, there are QR codes. So you just scan a code and it goes straight to a YouTube playlist or it goes straight to a Pinterest board. Um, there is a student notebook. I've even for poetry tea time have a tea leaf recording sheet. So you could get into like tea leaf reading and it is just a way to basically make your year magical, really. I mean, you're still learning some history and some science and there's writing prompts and um, role of story activities. So all of your language arts and your copy work, all of those things are still there. The only thing that's missing is your arithmetic, which would be your math. Um, so you could add your math in and really be good for the whole year. Yeah. Like Waldox Wizards and Wands paired with math and you're covering all of the subjects and you can have a magical experience for a whole school year or what we're doing to slow down the reading process of the books is we're reading one book and doing one of those six weeks unit studies every school year. Okay. So that that way it'll take us a little bit longer and then we can still do um, other things based off of her interest too. So yeah. like we kick off September 1st is the day Hogwarts starts back yes. <laughs> and we will, so we will start school on September 1st. We'll have the big feast. We'll have the, you know, sorting ceremony, all of the fun things. We'll read one book, which this year will be book three. So Prisoner of Azkaban. Okay. And we will do one unit, which is going to be herbology this year. So she really wanted to, my husband is home with us full time now. And he is definitely the like gardener of the two of okay. us. So she's like, well, now that daddy is here, we can do herbology mommy <laughs> because you kill everything you grow. <laughs> oh man, I can relate. I've got two tomato plants and that's about all I can grow. They are growing on the back of my porch in pots because I didn't even I dare can, put them I can in grow ground. a weed. <laughs> I can grow a weed if that counts. <laughs> I'm good at that. I'm good at that myself. Uh, that's Yeah, my flower gardens are not even a thing right now because <laughs> of the weeds. Oh, man. Well, I, I love that. Okay, so that actually answers some of my questions that I had about the program because I... I was thinking the same thing. I've actually, I'm currently reading through all of the Harry Potter books myself for the first time. Uh, but 
I know that some of my kids, because I have four, four in tow, um, are would be too scared of some of them. But a few of them, like you say, like the first couple, I could read those aloud. They'd be fine. But after that, I'm not so sure. But taking it and breaking it up over the course of their school lifetime, that would be, that's brilliant. I love it. Well, and the really cool part is if you are, and this is no judgment for me because I was there, if you're a traditional homeschooler and you're like, oh, no, no, we need our, you know, regular math and language arts and all of these things, then you can just get it and break it up over the summer, right? Like you could just have a magical summer, a six week deep dive into one of the book and one of the units, and it would last you six summers. I mean, how awesome is that? That It's beautiful. I love it. I love it. And that one is called Waldock, Waldock, Wizards, and Wands. Or did I get that backwards? Nope, you're right. Waldocks, Wizards, and Wands. I want to talk about some of your other materials that you have available as well. But where can we find these unit studies? So everything that I have is in the shop, which is just the waldockway.com backslash shop. Although if you land at the waldockway.com, you will get um, blogs, products. I mean, everything is there. I talk a lot about strewing and morning baskets and game schooling. And so if you want to, you know, add fun to your homeschool, stop and read before shopping. <laughs> um, and I am also, if you want to see it on, in, like in action, you can find me at the Waldock Way on Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube. Awesome. I'll make sure to post all those links in the show notes and we'll repeat that again at the end of the show. But what other unit studies do you have that are some of either your most popular or the ones that you're most proud of? Oh, the one I'm the most proud of is the one that I just completed. And this one might have been a tiny bit selfish. I say everything was created with Emily in mind. And it technically was, but it was because it's my bucket list. Um, And it's called Traveling the Parks. So it's all 60 of America's national parks. Mm. And that's because that's my bucket list. I want to visit them all. So it takes each park and turns it into a unit study. There's a virtual like tour that you can watch with that QR code that you can scan. There's notebooking pages. There's a popular animal from each of the parks that you get to dive deep into and do like a profile on. Um, it, it was a labor of love, but I learned so much just writing it. Like I'm excited to visit all of the parks now. So that was my somewhat selfish, but probably my personal favorite one. Um, there is also a survival school, which uses the Bear Grylls Adventures books, I love those um, books to, you know, they're awesome, right? They're fun. And I love being able to take, you know, fiction books that have a little bit of those, those, you know, nonfiction facts snippets in them and turn them in because you've already hooked a kid and anything that gets kids wanting to read more um, and learn more about what they're reading is just fantastic in my book. Yeah. So that series is really fun because you can learn, you know, how to survive like a blizzard and at sea and on the river. And you're actually learning how to survive those situations. So if you have a survivalist, that's a really popular unit study. Um, and then another recent one that we just started is what we call the who was unit studies. My daughter calls them the big head units. <laughs> she, she loves the big heads on the covers. Yep. Um, and that's actually what we're using for history because I think when children are young, it's a lot more appealing to them to learn about an interesting person. And so I am writing, eventually there will be all 179 right now. There's about 30 in the shop. (laughs) Yeah, we're working on it. We're working on it. My husband does all of the artwork, so he draws everything by hand. So So between him and me, we will have all of them eventually. Um, 
but right now there's only about 30 and we're doing only 30 whatever's either yeah there's only 30 we're getting there <laughs> i am so impressed we're either doing it we're either doing it by request so if you have a request email that over um or by you know things that emily's interested in learning about like abraham lincoln is for whatever reason one of her obsessions so he was one of the first ones we did and that's really fun because they're affordable. They're only $5 per unit. So it's easy to, you know, add into a history program you're already doing, or um, like I said, use them. You could you know, get one a month and use them as your history is learning about an interesting person from history, especially if it's somebody that your kid finds appealing mm -hmm. is a great way to tie so many historical things into it. So yeah. those are one of, those are one of our labors of love. Cause like I said, my husband loves history. I wasn't a fan of it, so I'm, I'm trying to infuse as much interactive, engaging history into our homeschool as possible. There you go. I love history. I could sit and read history books all day, so I, I can under, I, I can appreciate your husband's uh, love of that for sure. I I got that from my grandfather. He, he um, instilled a love of history in his children, who then passed it on to their grandchildren. I don't know how many of my cousins have uh, degrees from college in history because of grandpa, but I know there were quite a few. So <laughs> I love it. I will be looking into those who was once for sure. And my daughter is the same way with Abraham Lincoln. And we haven't even really like studied him. She has the who was book about Abraham Lincoln even, and she's read it. So she understands a little bit, but we haven't studied the whole background of his time period and what he was getting himself into. So I love it. I love it. Do you have any um, like community, online communities for people to join to follow you or is it just your uh, website and Instagram type things? Oh, no, I have two Facebook groups. So one of which is called Morning Baskets and More. So it's mainly morning basket related because that's something that kind of revolutionized our homeschool. Um, but that being said, the and more is anything homeschool related. And right now there is about 20,000 members in that group. Ooh. So there is plenty of inspiration and encouragement, have, you know, any of that going on over there. That's just amazing. And then I also have a Waldock way community on Facebook. So if you are, um, I mean, it's not a requirement that you have purchased a product, but it's definitely mostly product centric. Sure. So if you're using one of my products, all of the families in there are using them and you can, you know, kind of see them in action and get, you know, inspiration and encouragement from them too. Because I will tell you what, especially with Waldock Wizards and Wands, that um, gives itself, leads itself to some very, very amazing and creative mamas. Like I even am like, I bow down to you <laughs> as they're decorating their homes or, you know, making their little mandrakes that it's, they're amazing. And it's a great, great place to get, like I said, some of that inspiration for things that you could add to your homeschool. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Morning baskets. I know what they are, but I have a lot of listeners who are new to homeschooling and the term morning basket. What does that mean? Could you explain what a morning basket is for you and your homeschool and how you've utilized it? A morning basket is a way in our homeschool for a very, very tired mama to keep up with an energetic kiddo in the morning. Yes. Like, honestly, that is really, <laughs> that is really it. At a time in the evening, I can choose things that I would like us to do that take very little, little mental capacity for me and I can stick them in a basket or a bin. For us, it really is a basket, but it could be a bin. It could be a shelf. It could be whatever you have. Um, and then we just sit down half asleep. My daughter's ready to go first thing in the morning and I can easily, you know, read a book, 
or hand her a puzzle while I, you know, read from a Mad Lib for her. Um, and it just makes it really easy to get uh, some things going first thing in the morning while I'm still half asleep or not really all together yet. Mm-hmm. It also is a really great way for us to connect. So our morning basket is anything that doesn't require her to write because that is in her mind, her nemesis. And I don't want, um, I know people will probably like, don't start your day with math for us. That is 100% true. She's not a math kid. So if we started our day with that, it would go from bad to worse. So we start our day with morning basket, which is supposed to be kind of like truth, goodness, beauty, whatever you deem that to be in our homeschool, that's books, hands-on activities and games. Cause those fill Emily's bucket. Aww. And that's how we start our day. So that by the time our morning basket is over, we have probably read something. We've probably, you know, played a game together. We've learned a few interesting things. Um, and then after that's done, after we've set the foundation, we've connected, we move on to our table work. So a morning basket can be anything you want. It can be any basket or bin that you want and you can put anything you want in it. A lot of people put things that fall through the cracks like poetry or art study or, you know, composer study. Um, For us this year, whatever goes in it is totally Emily's choice. So Emily is actually getting to spend the year designing her own morning baskets. Um, And then she is even filming the videos on my YouTube channel where she's sharing with all of you guys what she's picked to put in our morning baskets. Oh, that's awesome. So it's, it was a way to give her a little bit of independence over her education. Um, and not only did it give her independence over her education, but it allowed her to learn so many more things. Like we're giving her a budget that she can't spend more than. So she's doing math. Um, and then she's learning how to film videos and edit videos. And it's been, it's been a lot of fun. That is all obviously not required, <laughs> but, um, if you have any questions about what a morning basket is, or you want to see multiple examples, I would highly suggest joining that Facebook group because there are so many amazing examples in there for different things you can do. Um, And I will make sure to give you a link for the show notes of my um, morning basket frequently asked question blog post. Oh, yes. Yes, please. I would love to have that. Um, So do you change or do you, I guess, Emily, does she change her morning basket every day or is it something that you keep consistent for a week, say, and then change it or how often is the basket changed at your house? At our house, it's changed once a month. For us, about four weeks is about when things start getting stale. And once a month was kind of like an easy, the month is over, a new one is coming. It's like an easy time to remember to change it out, right? Like, okay, it's July, let's change the basket. Or, oh, it's October, let's change the basket. And we, like I already told you guys, I do themed baskets. I think in themes, everything in our house is themed. So doing it monthly was easy. Like December is almost always, well, it was, I just thought about it. It might not be Christmas if Emily's doing it and that might slightly break my heart, but normally, (laughs) normally December is Christmas in our house or, you know, October is Halloween. January is probably something that's like, I don't know, Arctic animals or winter or snow, or it kind of lends itself um, to the theming already when you do it in months like that. Yeah. So that's what works for us, but it could be daily. It could be weekly. I know some people who set their morning basket up for the entire year, mm-hmm. right? So they put whatever they want to do for the year. And when they finish one, something like, let's say you finish one art, um, art artist or composer, you would replace it with another one, mm-hmm. but you, you know, you don't really change the whole basket out. 
So it's whatever works really for your family. It's kind of like homeschooling. There's no one size fits all. <laughs> yeah, so true. So true. I, um, You are now the third interview I've done almost in a row um, that we have discussed that very thing, how different people's homeschools look. You can say you are a Charlotte Mason homeschooler, and that varies from person to person. You can say you are an eclectic homeschooler, and that already means you're different from everybody else. <laughs> like You design your homeschooling for you and your family. Um, and that's what I love about all of uh, the mompreneurs like you who are creating curriculum for your family and then offering it to other people because it's going to work for somebody. Um, even just parts of it, like you said, with the uh, Waldark Wizards and Wands, that you can just take part of it and just use part of it for the summer or a month here. Like, I I absolutely love that, Jessica. I think it's brilliant. Well, and that's why I designed everything as flexible as I did, because, yes, the way we do it works for us, but you may want to take it and tweak it, because I don't think, at least I have it. I have never used a curriculum 100% the way it was intended to be used. Mm -hmm. I have crossed a problem out or tweaked something somewhere along the way um, because every homeschool journey should be just as unique as, like you said, the family that's on the journey. Yeah. So you have to, you know, customize it to your kids and to you. And that's unique because we're all unique. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Well, Jessica, I'm going to wrap it up here. But before I do, I'd like to give you a chance um, to encourage the homeschool families who are listening. If So think of, so putting myself in the place of a new homeschooler, especially during this crazy season of the world, I have chosen to homeschool, but this scares the crap out of me. What would you say to parents in that situation? Oh, goodness. I have been saying this. I would like to say almost Tom blue in the face, but I'm going to say it again because there's literally nothing better I can say. You you gave birth to your child and you were literally made to be their teacher. You taught them how to talk. You taught them how to walk. You potty trained them and you know, taught them how to get dressed. Teaching them how to read or do arithmetic is no different than those things. So you were made for it. You really can't mess this up. It can feel like you can, but you really can't. Um, and it is a rite of homeschool passage. You are going to get things wrong. You're going to pick the wrong curriculum. You're going to have days that end in tears. You're going to have days you want to throw the curriculum across the room. Those are all normal. We all do it. I mean, even me as a veteran homeschool mom still does it. So just take a deep breath. Know that you are right there in the trenches with all of the rest of us and that tomorrow is a new day. That is so good. Gold. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much, Jessica, for being on my show. Could you give us the links to your, your website and the social uh, social platforms you're on as well so people can follow you and find you? Sure. My website is thewaldockway.com and then The Waldock Way on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Awesome. Great. So you guys make sure to go follow her and subscribe to her YouTube channel so you don't miss anything that she posts and... Um, yeah, become a top fan of hers on Facebook. <laughs> so thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for joining me on this episode of Four in Tow Podcast. Be sure to go check out Jessica's website at thewaldockway.com. She even gave me an affiliate link. If you want to support the Four in Tow Podcast and you want to get a hold of some of her unit studies, follow the affiliate link in the show notes and you'll be helping both of us out and you'll be getting some awesome curriculum. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please 
leave a review on the podcast app that you're listening to and rate the show. You can also follow me on social media. I'm on Facebook and Instagram at 4 and Toe Podcast and on Twitter at 4 and Toe Pod. If you'd like further encouragement on your journey through homeschooling, please consider joining the Kids in Tow community. To join the community, go to patreon.com backslash 4 and Toe Podcast and sign up for one of the levels. I'm excited to join you on your homeschool journey. And last but not least, if you have any questions about homeschooling, I would love to answer them on my show. Feel free to send an email to 4 and Toe Podcast, 4.in.toe.podcast at gmail.com. So have a great homeschooling week. And until next time, remember, Mama, you've got this.